and welcome to the North Decatur Presbyterian Church Sermon Series. We're a PCUSA congregation in Decatur, Georgia. If you'd like to find out more about us, go to ndpc.org or just come by and visit. Here's this week's sermon. We are talking about what this month? Bodies, right? Bodies. We're talking about theological images of the body and how those images of the body function in our lives. Now, last week we talked about our individual bodies, how we are dirt and divinity wrapped up into one inseparable being. Today we're going to shift our attention to how our individual bodies relate to each other. How does my body relate to your body and your body to my body? How are we a community together? So to help us, we have an extraordinary metaphor. Last week, we had to cut Paul down a little bit and work with our friend, the Apostle Paul. But today, today we get to celebrate Paul was an extraordinary writer, and one of the great gifts that he left us is this metaphor that we are, in fact, one body. Let's listen to scripture this morning. For just as the body is one and has many members, and all the members of the body, though many, are one body, so it is with Christ. For in the one spirit we were all baptized into one body, Jews or Greeks, slaves or free, and we were all made to drink of one spirit. Indeed, the body does not consist of one member, but of many. If the foot would say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. And if the ear would say, because I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the hearing be? If the whole body were hearing, where would the sense of smell be? But as it is, God arranged the members in the body, each one of those, each one of them as God chose. If all were a single member, where would the body be? As it is, there are many members, yet one body. The eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you, nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. On the contrary, the members of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable, and those members of the body that we think less honorable we clothe with greater honor, and our less respectable members are treated with greater respect, whereas our more respectable members do not need this. But God has so arranged the body, giving the greater honor to the inferior member, that there may be no dissension within the body, but the members may have the same care for one another. If one member suffers, all suffer together with it. If one member is honored, all rejoice together with it. Now you are the body of Christ and individually members of it. Thanks be to God.
If I were in a creative mood this morning, I would have brought a Mr. Potato Head doll with me this morning. And we would put it together and see what this image is really about. But I'm not feeling very creative. I'm feeling kind of lousy. Part of that, maybe Mary Nona alluded to a little bit earlier, it's been a heavy week. For me, watching scenes from a Nashville area school board's public meeting set my week off on a bad foot. They were talking about mask policies, and maybe you saw the footage from the news crews. If you didn't, you can probably guess what happened. And I want you to know, in case you don't know already, that I'm fairly sure that masks work to help reduce the spread of airborne viruses. I think that we should employ every technique that we have to slow COVID's spread in our community. At the same time, I do believe that whenever there are strong opinions on either side of an issue, we are supposed to listen. I don't know about you, but I'm wrong a lot. So there's always a portion of the truth that I know that I am missing. And even if you don't end up agreeing with someone, the act of trying to see the world through someone else's eyes is an act of empathy. It's good for you. And it's good for humanity. So, so I listened. I listened to what the neighbors who were against wearing masks were saying. A few of them made the case that the masks were traumatizing to their children. Now, I can see it, actually. I can see that. I, I don't know anybody that likes wearing masks. And maybe for a few of our young people, it is a little scary to have that thing covering your mouth. A few of the folks made the argument that masks don't work. Science suggests that a well-made, well-fitting mask does, in fact, work. But the majority of the folks who were making the case against wearing masks stuck to one basic point. They said no one, no elected official, no school board member, no school administrator, not even my neighbors, no one has the right to tell me or my child that I must wear a mask. The case against wearing masks was a case for freedom and for personal autonomy. I am my own. No one can make me do something that I do not want to do. Now, we are talking this month about our bodies. So let me put that case in this way. What I heard these neighbors against wearing masks saying about their bodies is, my body is mine entirely. Nobody can interfere with my body. No one has a claim on my body. My body is an island unto itself. And that's what I've been wrestling with. Is that what our bodies are? Are we fully autonomous? and fully separate. I have to admit that part of me is 
sympathetic. For years, women have asserted bodily autonomy to claim and defend the right to birth control and to abortion. Bodily autonomy is the foundation of consent in this Me Too era. Autonomy is one of the great achievements of the Enlightenment. Autonomy affirms that the human body, every one of us, is free and self-governing. Our autonomy is fundamental to democracy. All bodies are equal. All of us are, are to ensure the right to life, liberty, and pursuit of happiness to every other body. The philosopher Immanuel Kant, I know y'all are up on your Kant, right? Brilliant guy, impossible to understand. But he said that autonomy is the key to becoming a moral being. Only when we are autonomous can we rise to the level of being a moral being and be able to choose what is good. And we Protestants, we Presbyterians, affirm individual autonomy in the church. God alone is Lord of our conscience, we say. Which means that no blowhard clergy person can tell us what we have to believe about God. We Presbyterians believe that God works inside every one of us, inside each and every one of our bodies, and that each of us must discern the truth about God and the world as we are led by the Holy Spirit. Autonomy is certainly a good thing, and it's foundational to the life that we share together. But as I watched that school board meeting, what I think I saw along the way was an autonomy that had metastasized an autonomy that had become mean and aggressive. It was devouring other bodies. This kind of autonomy said, I will not endure any personal inconvenience, even if doing so could save your life. This autonomy refused any other claim upon the body, even claims made by neighbors begging them to slow the spread of this deadly virus. So something else became clear to me about our bodies this week. Our bodily autonomy is a good thing, but it is not absolute. Another way of saying this is that our bodies are not separable from one another. Long time ago, John Donne wrote, no Man is an island. There is a connection between bodies. And perhaps there is even a belonging. Now in this country, in America, the United States, we navigate this tension between our autonomy, which we think is a God-given gift, and our belonging, which is also a God-given gift, through what we call a social contract. In this contract, 
we agree to restrict our personal autonomy for the sake of the common good. There are all kinds of things in this country that we cannot do. You cannot drive on either side of the road that you prefer, right? Kroger cannot put moldy food on the shelves and tell us it's all they're serving us, right? We cannot poop on our own lawns and then share it with our neighbors and call it fertilizer. We dedicate a portion of our money to things that serve the common good. We pay for schools and libraries and roads and sewers, thanks be to God, and the fire department. Right, so our American life has always been a dance between autonomy and belonging. But what is so clear is that over the last generation or two, a vision of autonomy, a market-driven vision of autonomy has been taking over our lives. The message that is communicated to us through so many of our institutions now is not that we fundamentally relate to one another as neighbors or as friends or as citizens that share a common interest, but we are fundamentally individual consumers. We only pay for what we want. We only sacrifice if there's something in it for us. This vision of autonomy is selfish and narrow and rejects out of hand the notion that we owe anything to anyone. Now, if there's any institution in our culture that should resist this redefining of the social contract, maybe it ought to be the church. We believe in this place that our life happens through mutual belonging. We believe in this church that the greatest expression of the human being is not self-interest, it is love. But so much of American Christianity, whatever's happening out there in other churches, has embraced this individualism, even promoting an individualized vision of our salvation. That salvation is all about your personal relationship with Jesus and whether you'll get to heaven or not in the end. That's not how Christ saves. It never has been. The biblical view of salvation is this. It's that our God loves the world. And God sends Jesus to walk among us so that we might be reconciled to God and that we might be reconciled to each other. That's salvation. God saves us. God comes and gives God's self to us in love so that we can participate in the beloved community. Salvation is a bit about you, but it's a lot about us. Christianity does not reject autonomy. We said that last week, right? We said that, that, that the Bible is a profound affirmation of the inherent dignity in everybody. But Scripture also says that our uniqueness, our, 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 our autonomy, our freedoms 
All of these are best and only understood in the context of our membership and our belonging to the one body. Let me say it a different way. We are only ourselves when we belong to each other. So I love this passage. I hope you do too. I love it because while there is so much in the scriptures that is cryptic and, and, and so hard to understand and you got to look different places and figure things out, this ain't hard to understand at all. There's nothing cryptic about Paul's picture of the body. There's nothing that's all that hard for us to understand. It says that we're all individuals. Each of us is different. Each of us has something to offer. But each of us is inseparably joined together for the good of the whole. This virus is tearing through us and it is tearing us apart. It has been a harsh light that exposes a deep untruth that has been ascendant in our culture about who we are and who we are to each other. We have been left to try and fight this virus as autonomous individual consumers, each of us making our own decisions. Instead of organizing one response as one body, the virus plays on our division and jumps from member to member. 600,000 of us are gone. What was so hard to watch in this school board meeting was how many of us simply don't care. To live with this vision of absolute bodily autonomy during a pandemic is not only foolish, it's unbiblical, and it's deadly. So this is not a sermon about wearing masks. It's not. It's a sermon about our bodies. We belong to one body. We will flourish. We will flourish. We will be saved when we feel what every other part of the body is feeling. A healthy body is sustained by the practices of feeling with one another, listening to each other, serving one another, practicing empathy in all circumstances. When one suffers, we all suffer. And when one rejoices, we all rejoice. Who are we? Who are we? We are the body of Christ. We are individually members of it. 
Praise be to God. Amen.